Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And we are coming to you for a second consecutive day. Because of this, because of a, a common reason, that reason being Gino, different Gino's, but Gino, a hero again. Gino! Nonetheless. This was the emergency pod that was promised. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks, led by starting quarterback QB1 Gino Smith, defeating Russell Wilson in his return in the Denver Broncos, 17-16 on Monday Night Football. Please refer to me as Kevin Damas for the remainder of this podcast. You fucking called it. God, I hate that you called it so badly. And I feel like you called it in the exact fashion that it happened to. Actually, no, I don't think so. I'm not actually going to take that much credit for it, even though I just said that. Because to me, there was two parts of that prediction. Number one was obviously like the, as you know, I have a streak of disappointment management that leads me to assume that things are going to be worse for what my desired outcome than it actually is. And in this case, my desired outcome was actually for Russell Wilson to play awesome and to shut up all the haters. And the reaction to this game with regards to Russell Wilson has been entirely what I expected. But the second part of it was, I thought in terms of the, you know, Pete Carroll going against Russell Wilson, basically. I mean, that's ultimately what this was, right? Like that their knowledge of Russell Wilson's weaknesses would allow them to exploit some things. And that didn't happen at all. Like the, they talked on the broadcast about, oh, they want to force him left when he gets out of the pocket. And like, sure, that worked a couple of times. But you know what Russell Wilson's really good at? Passing in the pocket? Just being a traditional quarterback? So that wasn't what happened in this game whatsoever. But the Seahawks offense was in this first half legitimately way better than I expected. Now, I told you. In January, February of last year, Russell Wilson could not be traded, right? I looked around. I analyzed the NFL teams, and I said, who is the team that would be worth Russell Wilson's time, right? I looked around, and I said, there's no wide receiver core, right? There's no team. There's no collective team that was worth Russell Wilson being traded to. There's no division that was worth Russell Wilson being traded to. And the one thing that I neglected to mention at that time was, and the one thing that Russell Wilson overlooked, there was no coach that was worth Russell Wilson's time. How do you trade two firsts and two seconds and pay $50 million and say to yourself, I sound like I'm on a Broncos podcast right here, and say to yourself, Let's put this game in Brandon McManus's hands. Feet, 63 yards? 63 yards? Is this Pete Carroll in 2011 with Alindo Mare? Like, are you fucking kidding me? I went into that play. Nothing else happened in this game, right? There's only one play that happened in this entire game, and this is it. I went into it. It's fourth and five, and I'm like, okay, well, if they pick this up, can we get a stop? Is there going to be time? It literally did not cross my mind that they could kick a field goal in that situation. But the other thing, Russell Wilson has seen a lot of winning. He's seen a lot of winning from 
the Sean McVay tree. And you know what else he's seen from the extended Sean McVay tree universe? A lot of terrible decisions on fourth down. A lot of really fucking bad decision making. And you know what we saw today from the extended Sean McVay tree universe was a terrible fucking decision on fourth down that lost them this game. Have you seen Matt LaFleur in a Super Bowl? I'm listening. Hold on. No. Absolutely not. Did you see Matt? I think Kyle Shanahan may also be part of the Sean McVay. It's, it's a little bit complicated. Who's I think Sean is. McVay is more part of the Kyle Shanahan tree than the other way around, but okay. But collectively, I somehow Sean McVay won a Super Bowl. All it took was the worst decision-making for an entire Super Bowl until a single drive, a one single drive where they figured out pass the ball to Cooper Cup. This man worked hard, hard to lose the Super Bowl to the Cincinnati Bengals. He tried to fucking Pittsburgh Steelers that game, right? And as part of this tree, all the way down the pine cone, we find Nathaniel Hackett. I, I don't know. I don't know where he fits into the Sean McVay cinematic universe. Deep, deep down in the Sean McVay cinematic universe, right? This is the Kang dynasty of the Sean McVay cinematic universe. And you know what? I'm not watching because seeing that decision-making in this game, otherwise it was fine. The game looked fine. Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson, but ultimately the Broncos scored against what is probably a very, very, very bad defense. After this game, we could say to ourselves, the Seahawks do not look like a good defense. There are some ex exciting moments or whatever, but against what is a very probably bad defense. They scored 16 points, and they said to themselves in the most important moment of the entire game, I swear to God, I have less faith in Pete Carroll than almost any human being on the face of the earth could have faith in Pete Carroll, and I guarantee you Pete Carroll would not have kicked that fucking field goal. No, I, I don't think he would. I mean, we have the opposite example. It happened in the NFC Championship where Steven Hauschka <laughs> didn't want to kick the field goal on fourth down coming out of, I believe that was the quarter break, but so, some stoppage. And the offense goes back on the field, and Jermaine Kearse scores the winning touchdown that sends, ultimately, after a lot of other stuff happened, sent the Seahawks to the Super Bowl. I, now, I truly just cannot believe that, the, that this moment happened, that we had this entire game. It was built up. We had an entire fucking summer that was Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll, and the thing that decided it was Nathaniel Hackett being an idiot. <laughs> Like, I just, I truly cannot imagine that that was what decided this game. We were deprived. We were deprived of our moment because Nathaniel Hackett said, you know who can hit a 63-yard field goal? Brandon McManus. This is also 64. I don't know where you're getting 63. I'm just doing the math in my head. Okay. You know Pelton cast math. I didn't, you can't tell exactly what yard line somebody's on at the game. This is, I mean, yes, that's why you might look it up. <laughs> that's it. That's what happened is they paid $50 million to Russ Wilson. I know. Also, first... where are you getting $50 million? What that's is the, the signing price? bonus? Yeah. I mean, it's, the extension's $245 million. They traded two firsts and two seconds, and they said to themselves, let's have Brandon McManus kick. And this is a game, if we're looking back on this, this is a game that matters, right? I understand it's week one, but for both of these teams on opposite sides, we talked about this yesterday. 
it's looking like in the NFC West, because there's two really, really bad coaches in the NFC West, decision-making-wise, both part of the Shanahan-McVay extended universe. Uh, and maybe we'll even include Cliff in there, just honorarily. Just because he's young and <laughs> offensive-minded? Doesn't he seem like he is? I mean, I, you're not wrong. Influenced by, because of some poor poor decision making roster assembly wise, from those two coaches, it looks like the NFC West is maybe not a very good division. You look on the flip end, on the opposite side of that spectrum, the AFC West is going to be a brutal division. And right now, after Week One, like the chances the Broncos winning that division at this point are five percent, maybe less. The Seahawks own that draft pick, right? Whereas, like, this is a this was a good moment for the Seahawks in every single capacity, because every loss, every matters. single capacity. I don't know if I go that far, but I had not thought about the draft pick element. That is an, a great point by you. If if the if one loss can mean the difference between four or five picks or whatever. Right. And especially in a situation where the Broncos did that Broncos team look like a team that was going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know if I would say that. No, they scored 16 points against the Seahawks. Did that Broncos team look like a team that was going to beat the Chargers? Not, not specifically. No. Did that Broncos team look like a team that was going to beat the Raiders? Yeah, I think they plausibly could beat the Raiders. Straight to hell. <laughs> Me and all my Raider fantasy players will go straight to the bank. But I, I, I think you have to look at it after week one and say to yourself, that's maybe the fourth best team in the AFC West. And I think that Russell Wilson looked precisely like Russell Wilson. I think that was the thing that was most surprising to me after this game was it wasn't I the thing that I feared the most was that all of a sudden Russell Wilson would be engaged and this MVP that everybody has talked about how Russell Wilson cares more about than anything in the entire world. It's not coming. I can tell you that right now. It has been one game and I can tell you in this instant that Russell Wilson is not going to win that MVP that he cares the most about because I mean you'll recall that Eventual MVP winner, Aaron Rodgers, as we talked about yesterday, destroyed by the New Orleans Saints in week one of last season. Didn't even throw for 315 yards. The MVP ain't walking through that door. I mean, I'm not saying that I think it's very likely. He looked like Russell Wilson, and that's fine. Looking like Russell Wilson is great. No, 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 yes, great. the The thing that scared me the most was that Russell Wilson all of a sudden would look like Justin Herbert would look like Pat Mahomes, would look like Tom Brady. And after one week, Russell Wilson in a different offense looked like Russell Wilson. I, first off, I don't care. I'd like, I want Russell Wilson to play the best is, possible. No, but so. this is not, I, I just, I could not live with it if all of a sudden Russell Wilson was traded and then he was the best quarterback in the NFL. You're telling me you would be okay with that? If we were able to look back at it and be like, Oh fuck! We literally ruined, like, wasted Russell Wilson's prime, and he's deep down one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think after one week, we could say to ourselves that that's not the case. Also, also, a little bit, a little bit. We saw the haters. The haters were a tiny bit right. When you, saw Russ, are... when you saw Russ scrambling, he did not look spry. Oh sure, like, look, this look idea fast. that like. Again, as we talked about last week, this idea that Russell Wilson is in decline, of course he's in fucking decline. Like, that doesn't matter. The question is, how far does he have to decline to not be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? And the answer is a long ways because he's still extremely good. And 
He played a great game. That that's the thing is there was a there was a very good quarterback on the other side. You keep talking about this sixteen points. I'm gonna have to pivot to the other part of this, which is the Seahawks ha- enjoyed one of the luckiest games that is possible in the NFL. And granted, there was a couple of possible Russell Wilson interceptions that they dropped, but the reason the Broncos scored sixteen points is because they had the ball twice at the one yard line and fumbled which had not happened in the history of the play-by-play data, I think is what the sense that I got from... Now, fumble one, number one, was fumble number one Javante? I want to say yes. I think they were both running backs fumbled. Uh, he and was that was down. fourth. He was down and he was stopped on fourth down. So he was, like He wasn't the, down, but he was stopped. Like That only mattered from a The difference between field. that and a Geno, Geno Smith... And a Geno Smith what? Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Sneak. I, I, and a Geno Smith sneak that the Seahawks were stopped on in the first half. Like, there's not that big of a difference But they weren't at the one-yard line when Geno Smith... But they were, what sneak. yard line were they at? The six-yard line? You think That's there's not the that... same. Yes. Oh, my yes, God. A difference. They, both teams were within the 10-yard line. The Broncos no, didn't score no. twice. The within Seahawks the 10-yard line is not the same as on the fucking goal line. I, this shit happens. It's football. It happens to Russell Wilson, an extraordinary amount for whatever reason. Yeah. But not, the part of the reason. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Whether he's coached by the Seahawks or the Broncos, he's just Russell Wilson. Everybody is who they are. Part of the reason. I don't, do not agree with that assessment. Part of the reason that it's so good to go for it on fourth and goal from the one is because even in the worst case scenario where you don't get it, the other team gets the ball at the one. You know what's the scenario when that doesn't happen? When you fumble and they, they recover it at the 10. Like the Seahawks still punted oh, on that possession. But at the 10 and they then also a touchback. The Seahawks managed both of those times. I mean, I noted when the Seahawks, when they when Gino didn't pick up the sneak, that the Broncos started it, I think it was the six. It they had the a very they had a very good drive after that, and they still punted. And cool. I was like, that's why you go for it on a fourth down. And you know who, you know who knows that? Even shit for brains, Nathaniel Hackett knows that, right? <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett knows that, and that's why it's a long drive after that. And that's what they did to the Seahawks. I get it. He made a good decision in those situations in the same way that Pete Carroll did. But to just come down but and But Pete say, Carroll saw two failed fourth downs in this game. I, I don't know if he's going to go for another one all season. We can't talk. We don't know about that right now. Pete Carroll, I will tell you this. We thought heading into the season, what did we think the offense was going to look like? What did we think it was going to look like? A lot of Rashad Penny. And was there a lot of Rashad Penny? They passed the ball a lot on early downs, particularly in the first half. And I think in the like, first half, was the their early down was pa- pass. I mean, the Broncos did in the second half as they were down. But I, I swear to God, offense-wise, like who's the Broncos offensive coordinator? I mean, it's Nathaniel Hackett. They we. I for, I forget. I named who their offensive coordinator was, but he was like formerly a tight end coach in Green Bay. Like yeah, so Hackett's from the Packers. Hackett's but responsible for the offense. You it would be hard pressed to say that Nathaniel Hackett outcoached Shane Waldron in this game. This was the kind of offense that the Seahawks ran today that we wanted the Seahawks to run with Russell Wilson. They passed the ball on early downs. They ran a lot of play action. They did a lot of things right, especially in the first half. Like, I, I just don't know how you could be upset about this. I mean, yes, especially. So the on early downs, they passed the ball 26 times and ran it 14. Uh, Denver was 32-17 as a ratio. So Denver's actually was ended up slightly higher. Yeah. Wait, as a better ratio? Yes. 
well, and, and again, they were down for most of the game. Like it, early, but they, early, it was a one possession game the entire time. It wasn't like they were passing out of desperation here. I, I think because that's the thing is like passing more. up until that fourth down play at every moment during this game, it felt like the Broncos were inevitably going to win. That was actually my concern about this emergency pod going into that final drive is that it would just be anticlimactic because if your whole defense is predicated on getting stops at the one yard line and you're in a situation where you're ahead by one point, that skill is no skill set is no longer so useful. But Denver's final drive, like even before the fourth down, just perplexing that they played it as if like we need to run out the clock to make sure the Seahawks and you know, can't don't have enough time to drive on yeah. us afterwards. Like, Their coach is dumb. I, I I truly do not know how else to have approached this. It was like as as you're watching it, you're like, what is going on? Like, I truly had a hard time comprehending what was happening in these moments, and time is running down, and all of a sudden, the kicking team's on the field. So, John Boyce posted this. I thought this was a good breakdown. Uh, there have been 40 attempts since 1994, 40 field goal attempts of 62 yards, basically, or longer. Uh, I believe this is one or two of them that have been made. There's the there's there's a handful of them that have been made, but the overwhelming odds are against it, and as many have been returned for touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, they had DK out there initially to return it. Right? Which was like, weird, because you had no, there was no value in returning it, unless they were yes. worried about a rouge. <laughs> could have tied it up on the rouge and then but i think the seahawks had the exact same thought that every person in that stadium had which was what the fuck are you doing I mean, right now yeah p carroll said post game like they didn't they didn't anticipate it at all like it wasn't even something that they were considering so then also uh john boyce had fourth down plays between three and seven yards to go for russell wilson <laughs> where he either ran or threw it it's about 67 percent have picked up the first down in that situation. I, I just, I truly can't comprehend what happened in the situation. Look, this is no shade at Russell Wilson who played a very fine game, but on the flip side, Geno Smith also played a very good game and a very efficient game. The Seahawks offense looked like what I assume Russell Wilson would have liked the Seahawks offense to have looked like despite no passes to Tyler Lockett. Uh, who Gino just doesn't throw to. Uh, there was a key pass to Tyler Lockett, wasn't there? Uh, there were there were a couple. No, there was a third down completion to Lockett, and then on the first drive, there was a completion to Lockett as well. There there were a couple of completions to Lockett. It's just not not the same volume uh, that you would see with Russ. But uh, like, it's what we anticipated that DK Metcalf was going to be more the beneficiary with Gino than than Lockett. And the real was. beneficiary with Gino, tight ends. Tight ends, I, and it was not a new tight end. It was it was not somebody who came over in a trade. It was Colby Parkinson and Will Disley. I mean, Colby Parkinson basically is a new tight end in terms of catching passes and games. I, I mean, I wonder how much of that is actually like Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense, as opposed to Will Disley and Colby Parkinson were wide open, like just busts by the Denver coverage. So I don't Denver know how much to read in that. In the end, played ultimately like a pretty good game. Well, that's our, I mean, the second half of this game, as I mentioned on Twitter, the Seahawks won this game with 13 net yards passing in the second half. Geno Smith was six of 10 for 31 yards. They lost 18 yards on a pair of sacks, which was also a pretty considerable thing in this game. Last year when Geno Smith played, he had the highest sack rate of any NFL quarterback who played a meaningful amount last season, Uh, was sacked on 12% of his dropbacks today. 
6.7% of his dropbacks. And that is just a massive difference. Oh, I mean, I, th- I thought the line, they looked a little bit worse in the second half. Like the pressure was coming quite a bit quicker in the second half. But in the first half, Geno Smith was basically untouched. And the line looked good, but I think it was also like we know that quarterbacks have a strong influence on sack rate. There was Geno's... one sack that Russ took where I was just like, Doc, what are you doing? I was like, I know you're not on the Seahawks anymore, but please throw the ball out of bounds here. Well, the you one know, where he, this one? it was like a two yard, a two yard loss. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, which is a very un Russell Wilson play. You throw the ball out of bounds. I'm like, even Kyler Murray could figure out how to do that. I, Russell Wilson has a very long track record in the NFL of doing that. We don't need to obsess over one play. Sample size matters and exists. Uh, I, I think in addition to the offensive line generally playing pretty well, I think the other aspect of it is Geno Smith just, and, and Joe Buck mentioned this on the, or Troy Aikman mentioned this on the broadcast as well. Like he just looks so much more confident and comfortable with the line than last totally season. Different. Totally like, different. He looks like he's been the starter all of training yes. camp and all of the off season. They, they ran a real offense with Geno Smith. I was saying that during the game where last year when he was filling in for Russ, it was kind of just like, you're here. Don't fuck anything up for three weeks. Be average. But then this, this, game i mean we only have one game sample size of the geno smith era but it was as if they'd been grooming geno smith for the starting job for a long time and they'd unleashed him right they they were comfortable with him passing on early downs it wasn't like you run to set up a one play for geno i mean at some point though we got to pivot to so my prediction last week was twofold it was number (laughs) one in 95 percent chance of victory for the (laughs) Seahawks. And that the Russell Wilson haters would be out in full force after the Seahawks won this game. It was also that that was going to be the high point of the Seahawks season and that they were still going to go 7-10. to 10. And if you bet, take a step back and consider this game, a lot of indicators the Seahawks are not a very good football team. Let me just, where do you think Russell Wilson ranks? Obviously, they're playing the AFC West where there are three quarterbacks better than Russell Wilson in the division. But, oh, what if... <laughs> I don't like you. I don't like this version of you. How many quarterbacks, how many offenses do you think they will play for the rest Seahawks? of the season that are better than the Broncos? Uh, there are none, none in the NFC West. I will not accept one. It it does not seem likely that any of them are in the NFC West at this point. I would I would concede that particular point. Uh, I don't know Whether you it. concede it or not, I'm not accepting it. <laughs> so... You have the entire AFC West. What do you mean? I'm I'm conceding it. You're agreeing with me. (laughs) But whether you, if you pushed back on it or not, I'm not accepting it. Well, they do play the other AFC West team. So maybe that's the answer. No, that's what I'm telling you. It's all the AFC West. Tampa Bay, I think, has a chance to be better. Yes. That's it. Wow, that's an interesting point. But here's what I want to note to you. Out of the... Joe Flacco's walking through that door? New Year's Day? 2023? I mean, I, I, Baker Mayfield? Look, Mike White better be starting by that point if it's not Zach Wilson. Dimes? I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but the Seahawks, I, I am throwing this out there right now. I think they have a better than 50% chance of winning the NFC West. <laughs> I'm, 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 literally, I'm not even necessarily cheering for this, right? It might not be good for them long term, but just understanding how these other teams look in the NFC West... You know, they, again, sample size. It's not sample thing. size. Every single one of these teams wasn't good last year. 
the, 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 including they, the team that oh, won the Super Bowl and they, the other team they, that went they, to the they, NFC Championship. Yeah. The sham Super Bowl. We all know it. We sat there and watched the goddamn game. One of the worst teams in the AFC playoffs and made the Super Bowl. They made the Super Bowl one or two years too early. And then the Rams ran the ball constantly, constantly, right? Cam Akers had a fucking zero in fantasy this week. This was the team who was like, we need to pound the rock. They had one drive, one drive in the entire fucking game. And then all of a sudden they add Wash Bobby Wagner and we're like, well... The Rams are going to repeat. I'm sorry, but the Rams never were good and never will be good. The Cardinals have been trending down, and the 49ers turned turn over their entire offense to a bad quarterback. There was a breakdown on Twitter. You see this where it's like the 49ers don't have a ha, don't have a Trey Lance problem. They have I don't even know what the problem. They have an it's offensive line problem. Offensive line. And I was like, yeah, he went 13 of 28. I'm sorry, but like, I t- your interior offensive line can't be that bad. Like, it's one and the same. Maybe you don't have a Trey Lance problem, but if you're going 13 to 28, whether it's an interior offensive line or Trey Lance, you have a problem. Shockingly, Football Outsiders said the Seahawks at 20% to win the division entering today after this weekend's results. So it could get up to 30% plausibly. But did you, did you see Ben's, the, the CPOE plus EPA composite? Do you know who is the second worst quarterback in the NFL after this last week? Matthew Stafford? Trey Lance. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm just telling you, like, I, I'm looking around. I'm not even necessarily cheering for it. This isn't even a positive, but I'm telling you, we watch this game, and this team is going to win some games. The worst teams this weekend in terms of net yards per play, which is pretty close to what DVOA ends up being. Obviously, there's some slight adjustments to it. Uh, three of them are in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. The your LA Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champions, minus three point four yards per play, worst relative to their opponents this week. They were maybe, the worst team in the league. Yeah, maybe played the best team, but worst relative to their opponents. Arizona losing to Kansas City, minus two point nine yards per play. The Dallas Cowboys getting thrashed at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus one point eight yards per play. And in number four, the victorious Seattle Seahawks were outgained <laughs> by one point six yards per play in this game. So, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers outgained Chicago in their loss. They were plus 1.3. So, give them a slow clap for that. I, it's fine. The defense is the defense. Look, we know what it is. The reality is the defense is probably but bad. I, people thought that, I mean, first off, obviously people were very optimistic of just generally. But also, speaking. there were the, some of those penalties, like the, the pass interference on a wool in the first one. Come on. That was a terrible call. I mean, that that's call, going to get called 100 times out of 100. Like, it you was have unfortunate t- because it's just based on, and this was, I mean, Russell Wilson wasn't sharp on his deep balls tonight. Even the touchdown to Jerry Judy was underthrown. But, I mean, that's just, that's going to get called every time. I don't know what to it's tell you. Russell Wilson. One. Like, what do you expect? I actually, I mean, I, you, I thought the corners. Do you think that Trey Lance is going to do the same next week? Do you think that Marcus Mariota is going to do the week after? Oh, don't you say anything negative about Mariota. Hey, the question Mariota. is just their coaching and therefore their decision-making as well. Uh, Are they punting a lot? Is that what happened with the Falcons? They punted on fourth and one with a two-point lead. Are you unaware of this? Wow. From like midfield. Something like that. I saw that all the coaches were going to trash Arthur Smith, according to him. <laughs> or all, all, all the journalists or whatever. I'll jump in there. Sure. Yeah. I'm happy to join in that that uh, pile. I. 
I, maybe not, but those teams are going to present other challenges. I, yeah. And I think like the football outsiders projections were coming into the season, reasonably optimistic about the Seahawks defense higher than we were expecting, like basically a league average defense. So I don't think what happened today by, by encouraging the end of the season. That. No, by the end of the season, will they be a league average defense? Absolutely. And as far as, you know, they lost Jamal Adams early in the game. It seems After like it's going to be on a play where he was deployed correctly, like used as a blitzer in a way that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was such a bummer. And like, I, this Pete is Carroll said it was a serious, Pete Carroll said it was a serious injury and then it was to his quadriceps tendon. And if it's a rupture to that quadriceps tendon, like that's a, a year minimum type of injury. How, how much, anyway. They have an extraordinarily young secondary. This is like they started a secondary with two players who basically never played an NFL game. They had Josh Jones at safety with Quandre. You know, Cody Barton got a little bit of a run at the end of last year. Jordan Brooks played all last year. Uchenna Woso looked phenomenal. Beyond that, they're just, it's not a very experienced defense. And as the season goes on, this defense is going to get better. This was week one playing against presumably one of the four or five best quarterbacks that they're going to play all year. Fourth best in the AFC West. And the reality is they're going to improve throughout the season. Tariq Woolen is going to get better throughout the season. Tariq Woolen's not going to be playing his first ever game any other time after this. They're not necessarily going to be starting Michael Jackson and Tariq Woolen together. Sidney Jones may come back. Artie Burns may come I mean, back. Sidney Jones was available for this game. He came in when Mike Jackson was sidelined at but is he one, or when Woolen, sorry, or is he Tariq Woolen was, I mean, he's coming back from a concussion. I, I, we don't know. So I, I think this defense is going to get better, and they had some moments. You can't tell me they didn't have some moments in this game. But the only reason they had that mo those moments is because of the fact that Denver was marching the ball up in the up and down the field to allow them to have those moments at the goal line. Well, those moments, but I'm saying they had moments outside of that. There's the Cody Barton sack, right? I think the pressure was something that worked very well and definitely spoke well to, you know, Clint Hurtis defensive coordinator, the additions, uh, you know, Sean Desai, that that was a positive. They also just looked like the Seahawks outside of that. Like that was the other piece is the Seahawks defense looked like the Seahawks. If they can get better, if they can get faster, if they can get read the situations better, they could get more talented. Like this defense can grow throughout the year. I don't I mean, think the defense, sure, I, 30, don't, 30 I don't think the, defense in the NFL can say this like well if players get better the team I mean, will be good this isn't fucking bobby wagner out there right like there this is not players who are what they are there are a lot of players who are going to see this level teams. of improvement over the course of the season and it's certainly not as linear as you're making out to be it it can happen and you also can't be sitting here and say the seahawks have an easy schedule when they play a bunch of teams with young players that those players aren't going to get better but the seahawks players are going to get better I don't, all I don't all I'm telling this. you is that they played one of the best quarterbacks that they will play all year. Sure. That's it. Is Russell Wilson going to be able to pick apart the Seahawks defense? Of course he's going to be able to pick apart the Seahawks defense. But there were moments that he wasn't able to. There were plays in the goal line that Russell Wilson didn't throw touchdowns. Where you, I was watching it and I was like, Russell Wilson's going to throw a touchdown here. And he didn't. Red zone defense is largely luck. <laughs> God. It I, is. Just, I just don't know what to tell you. It is. I don't know. Tony on that is you your skill. Hey, you're not, you're the same person who could watch the Mariners last year and be like, we're building nothing. Nothing's what? happening here. Like, just sometimes you're building something. 
This is, Julio Rodriguez is not walking through this door. Isn't he? Who? We don't know yet. <laughs> Maybe his name is Will Levis. <laughs> that, that's a possibility I'm willing to entertain. But I'm telling you, this team, I told you yesterday, a team, a highly competent team, could sneak their way to the NFC West. Actually, and yesterday you, you said me. a, quote, a barely competent team. <laughs> well, I stand by that barely competent <laughs> team. But the offense ran better than we thought it was going to. Shane Waldron had himself a game. He had himself a half. God damn. DK looked good. Receivers matter. My my new thing is that I think that receivers matter. I think receivers are the most underrated position in all of the NFL. I mean, DK didn't actually have a good game in terms of like the results. I don't think this is necessarily DK Metcalf's fault. There was one point where they mentioned on the broadcast, like, you know, it's a good idea to get DK the ball in space one-on-one in basically like the smoke option type of plays. I don't think it actually is a I don't think that actually is a very good idea. No, I don't think he's good at that. I mean, they targeted DK seven times. He caught all seven passes, but they went for a grand total of 36 yards. How many penalty yards? You're Mr. Yards per attempt. True. Yes. I think a couple of those were to DK that he drew penalties on. That is, that is a fair point. Anyway, I'm sorry that you're not feeling good. I'm I I'm so sorry for you that you couldn't enjoy the Seahawks beating Russell Wilson in his return to Seattle, winning one of their best games the entire year on Monday Night Football. A classic, classic Seahawks victory, where they pulled out a W all in prime time. This was the type of shit that we did not see last year. There were so many games. We were like, they're going to win this one. They always win this type of game, and they didn't. And they fucking pulled it out today. And it was fun seeing Russ back in Seattle. It was fun seeing him play quarterback. And it was more fun watching Nathaniel Hackett coach. It was a classic Seahawks victory, and then it reinforced a lot of Pete Carroll's inaccurate opinions about football. He passed! How can you be mad about this? In the first half. He went for a fourth down. There was really a no fourth other fourth down. downs that yeah, he no, should have gone for. He shouldn't have. Gone. It wasn't. It. He should have gone for necessarily. Pete Carroll passed. Pete Carroll ran play action. There was motion. Celebrate this shit. This is the this is the equivalent of the Colts in Week One right now. <laughs> yeah, we it is the equivalent. One week of this, it's but he might continue it just to spite Russell Wilson. <laughs> D. Eskridge did not look good today. Some of the places we were getting the ball. Again, I just don't believe in that style of offense. Not nothing. That's the fucking McVeigh offense. The Kyle shit. Are you kidding me? You don't, don't believe in Debo a lot of Samuel to receivers? You... Oh well, Debo, yes, uh, sure. Debo's Brandon Ayuk. A... You don't believe in? This is all that we wanted: spreading it out and getting to your players in space. And now you don't believe in this offense? Jamar Chase, we don't have Jamar Chase. We don't have Justin Jefferson. But the reality is you have to take advantage of what you have, and that's by creating space and spreading the field sideways to to move it vertically. And that's what the Seahawks did today. God. I suppose. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's a classic Seahawks victory. We'll be back later this week with our regularly scheduled programming, talking about a quarterback who is pushing the ball downfield, the big lefty playing the most, the biggest game of his entire Husky career yeah, in Michael Penix Jr. It's a bigger game. And looking forward to it. Previewing Seahawks versus 
an NFC West foe. And we will see we will see what we get from Trey Lance this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. I'm happy this Zoom is cutting off in less than one minute. I can't even talk to you. You're just like, whoa, this is the worst game that I've ever seen. Sorry. Sorry that we held oh, out I'm our draft pick and won a fucking game. I mean, but we heard our own draft pick, so it was a zero sum in that regard, too. <laughs> they have a lot harder schedule than we do.